Wild Rose Casino and Hotel presents Great White. It's Great White, March 26th at Wild Rose Casino and Hotel in Clinton. Tickets on sale now. Get yours at the Iowa store inside the casino or at wildroseresorts.com. Great White at Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Clinton. You'd rather be here. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe, recording on Tuesday, February the 8th, 10.30 a.m. Central Time, my mom's birthday. I still have to call her. She is back in New York. Um, Will not reveal her age, would not do that to her, Um, but uh, happy birthday to my mom, Irene. Um... As you heard on the lead-in, we have some new sponsors on the podcast. Read those in coming in last week. Uh, Wild Rose Casinos, are, it's uh, one of our new sponsors. Uh, and this podcast is brought to you by Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. You'd rather be there. Locations in Clinton, Jefferson, and Emmitsburg. Um, it's... Uh, but as you heard, I think I put on the lead in here to the to podcast to the podcast. Um, there are great white concerts coming up at the Jefferson and Clinton locations of Wild Rose. Uh, Jefferson on Friday, March 25th. Clinton on Saturday, March 26th. You can purchase those tickets at WildRoseResorts.com or at the Iowa store on each property. So check that out. And uh, thank you to Wild Rose Casino again for sponsoring the Hawk Fanatic podcasts. Uh, You can hear their ads on all of our podcast feeds and really appreciate their support. Um, Wild Rose Casino. All right. We got a lot to get to today. Uh, Iowa men's basketball coming off a win on Sunday against Minnesota. Kind of an ugly first half, bounce back in the second half. Hawkeyes now five and six. Uh, Maryland on Thursday at Maryland. Uh, Nebraska at home. This is a big week. If I ever can win these two games, very winnable games, they beat Maryland at home. Win these two games, you get to seven and six. 
to me, your three wins from becoming NCAA tournament uh, worthy uh, at 10 and 10 in the league. I was still with a, with a high net ranking, uh, get a couple uh, wins this week and then get a win. I think you're going to have to get one against an Ohio state a Michigan, Michigan state, Illinois, something like that to kind of boost the resume. But the first priority is getting the 10 wins and uh, opportunity to, to do that this week the Iowa women play host to Minnesota tomorrow night Wednesday February the 9th that is uh at Carver Hawkeye Arena at 6 30 uh plenty of tickets left for that if you want to get in and uh the Iowa men's wrestling team I do say men's wrestling team now because of the areas of women's wrestling team that's uh uh, gaining commitments from future res- wrestlers left and right. Uh, the men are wrestling is now on the road uh, for Oklahoma State and Nebraska to finish, finish up the season. Uh, had senior day, uh, nice steady win against Wisconsin on Saturday. So that's the latest of what's going on in that regard. Uh, Iowa added one more um Commitment in the football class, DeSante Lee from uh, Michigan. Um, so 18 scholarship commitments and 12 more preferred walk-ons, so 30 additions in the 2022 class so far. Missed out on Cornell offensive line transfer, Hunter Norzad. He announced yesterday that he would be attending Penn State. So still nothing out of the transfer portal for Iowa. We'll see kind of where things go from here on that. Have some questions on that in the queue here. And let's get to those, some of your questions on, uh, let me get out of, I don't know if you can hear that uh, email sound coming in, but I can, and it's annoying. So uh, let's get rid of that. Uh, Delete that and check out of that. And let's see here. Uh, let's get to the queue. Uh, I did have that queued up before I started here. I don't know what the heck happened. Um, but, um, let's see. Let's see. Check out the hashtag. HF mail. Pounce that in here and, uh, bring up your latest. HF mail. We got some back, I think, from Drake Timbers from February 4th, uh, whenever that was. Um, Drake Timbers uh, doesn't have as many <laughs> this week. Uh, and I know somebody, some, somebody who's, uh, I don't know, having a tough, was having a tough day complaining about it. If you send me tweets, comments or questions i'm going to read them on here um and if that bothers somebody that somebody has five then you send me yours and i'll answer yours so that's kind of how this works here that somebody was pissed last week that drake uh asked so many uh but if he wants to ask i'm going to answer uh and that's at drake timbers on twitter with wide receiver kovan matthews stuck in the transfer portal would kurt take back iowa portal players who failed to find a home that's a tough one um, because once they go in the portal, they start recruiting for those positions. So it kind of makes it a little bit dicey to do that. Um, I think it would probably be on a case-to-case basis. Uh, I know they got Davion Nixon back out of the portal 
not sure how serious Davion was being in there. Um, but that was one that, that comes to mind of one that went in and came back out. Um, I think it would be something that would be case to case, Drake. Um, I'm not sure Quavon Matthews fits that, and I'm not sure he would want to come back. Um, he obviously uh, chose to leave because of where he felt he was on the wide receiver depth chart. And then I don't know what other reasons were involved in his decision, but uh, I think he's kind of moved on at this point, but you never say no. Uh, also from Drake Timbers, Armies, the Black Knights, Navies, the midshipmen, shipmen and Air Forces, the Falcons. What will we call U.S. Space Force football team when they get an academy? Um, the cadets, right? The space cadets. I think that's the way you go on, on that. And that was off the top of my head, too. I didn't I did not. think that. And I think that's a pretty good answer. Uh, the U.S. Space Force space cadets or the U.S. Space Force cadets. <laughs> However you want to say it, that's uh, that's what we're going to do here. Um, Derek, Steve, thanks for those, uh, Drake. And I think Drake has another one that he chimed in with. Those were from uh, February 4th, which would have been sometime over the weekend, I think. Friday, Saturday, something like that. It's Friday, because uh, my daughter's birthday was the 5th, which was Saturday. Happy birthday to Lila. Um, Derek Stevenson. Stevenson, Derek 2 on Twitter. Since we lost a head... Transfer, a head transfer to Penn State. Are there any other linemen that Iowa has looked at, or do you think they will wait until after spring practice practice to look in the portal again? Um, Kirk Ferentz was pretty adamant about fit uh, last week when we spoke to him about the transfer portal. Um, he uh, they're very deliberate in there, kind of like the Iowa basketball team is, and I noticed. Uh, annoys some fans because they're watching other programs in the big 10 and around the country supplement their rosters through the transfer portal. And Penn state has done a good job adding for need. Um, I think at this point, now that we're in February, uh, you know, roughly a month and a half from uh, the start of Iowa starting spring practice, uh, they've probably perused that transfer portal pretty, pretty thoroughly. Um, you know, there are guys that go in there that will go in there still between now and, uh, the end of spring ball. Um, but my guess is I was pretty familiar with, with whom is in the transfer portal at this point and probably has offered the guys that they're interested in. Uh, you never know though. I mean, they could go back through and do another loop and say, oh, well, maybe this guy fits now that Norzad is out of the picture. And, uh, I know they've offered uh, a defensive lineman from Miami of Ohio uh, and a tight end from Lafayette. I uh, reached out to both of those guys without any success. Norzad did get back to me and he did visit Iowa. So there was mutual interest there. And I'm not saying uh, their, their communication was with me as an indication of whether or not they're interested. Um, but usually if they, I shouldn't say usually, um, I would say frequently, though, uh, when a, a, a student athlete is interested in Iowa and I reach out, they'll at least um, respond with, you know, I'm not doing interviews now. I am interested. They'll at least tell me that if they are or aren't interested in Iowa. Uh, and I haven't gotten feedback from either of those two. But uh, I think most likely at this point, you're looking at um, your, well, yeah, there's Pat Hardy's call. Uh, Pat has a knack for calling during the middle of podcasts. Um, 
but uh, I will get back to him later. Uh, he is the proprietor of Hawk Fanatic. Um, but yeah, I think, and this, the, I'll address this in, a, in another question I saw in the queue about guy, guys who could potentially, uh, the attrition that could happen after spring ball at Iowa. Um, but I think Iowa continues to review this. Guys that come in, they'll look at um, and just be aware of what's coming into the transfer portal. Uh, and I would guess after spring ball, not only at Iowa, but other places around the country, there are going to be guys uh, entering the transfer portal. But um, the graduate transfer guys you probably are, are most likely in there and already have made themselves available, but you never know. And you just kind of have to wait and see what pops up in there. But I think that's where Iowa is more likely to get experienced guys, guys that are four or five years into their careers rather than take on guys that are one or two years out that have multiple years. You know, when I say multiple, I mean like three or four years of eligibility. I think I would prefer to go the high school route there and uh, develop their own guys. But I think they're open to all possibilities in the portal. I just don't see Iowa being an active participant in the transfer portal guys here and there that fit, but for the most part, they're not going to, uh, spend a lot of time in there and shop in there quite a bit. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Thank you for the question, Derek. Appreciate that. I don't remember you asking before. So welcome to the podcast and appreciate you. Please do not be a stranger. Uh, Drake Timbers again this year, the 22nd of February is 2022-2022, which also lands on Tuesday. In numerology, two represents partnership. Plus this both this year, both Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirth might get Super Bowl rings their rookie seasons. Should Iowa fan be excited for Iowa's 2022 offense? Well, they should be excited maybe for an offensive lineman. Um, uh, maybe Tyler Linderbaum goes somewhere and he gets into the Super Bowl next year. So it will be three in a year. Um, I don't know as I would be excited about Iowa's 2022 offense, maybe cautiously optimistic that you can't go anywhere but up. Uh, that would probably be my uh, my approach to it, and that's kind of where I am. I'm usually kind of like that spring training Major League Baseball fan, and ironically, maybe there won't be a spring training this year or one that's pushed back, but I always have hope uh, for my New York Mets in spring training. Uh, and I usually go into the football season thinking glass half full and have hope for, uh, you know, the three phases of Iowa football maxing out. And that doesn't usually happen, but uh, I thought the defense was better this year than I thought it was going to be. I same for special teams and the offense was a disappointment. So two out of three ain't bad. Right. Um I think that's uh, that was in a meatloaf song, right? May he rest in peace. Recently deceased meatloaf, uh, the singer, not the the dish. Oh, I'm kind of hopped up today. I've had a lot of coffee in me, so you won't be hearing coffee sips. I've consumed it already, um, and I'm a little wired uh, trying to get through my day here. Got a basketball press conference later today as well. Uh, but yeah, the numerology. Uh, Two, I was looking, thinking of two, two, 2022 on February 2nd, but you're right. Two, 22, Um, cause we ain't going to be around for two, 22, We'll all be at it. Check that here by then. So, uh, yeah. Uh, 
partnership. I think we have a partnership, Drake, with all the questions and comments you make on the podcast. And I welcome them, even though uh, there was somebody who, again, was pissy about it last week. I enjoy your contributions, both for Iowa Athletics and beyond. So thanks for checking in. Uh, Tim McMahon at Timmy Mac 1976. He's been a uh, he's been on the podcast before. Welcome back, Tim. Uh, rough estimate on how many players entered the transfer portal after the spring game over under three and a half. I think that's a good number, Tim. I am going to bring up the uh, Iowa football roster here. I was going to do that before, but um, tardy on that. Let's see here. Um, usually a good kind of point of reference is when a guy is in, I don't know, third, fourth year, that's when they start to kind of figure out, okay, um, you know, I've, I've been in the program for a while. I'm not making any headway. I'm not moving up the depth chart. Um, uh, you know, maybe I start to consider moving on. But there are guys like um, uh, Dallas Craddeth who, you know, is – he wants to be at Iowa. He's on the special teams. He contributes there. He's not been able to break through at safety. He was a highly regarded recruit out of St. Louis. Um, just because guys get to that point doesn't mean they're automatically going to move on. Um, but you look at it, and that's usually where you can find that pull from. Sometimes it's guys that have only been here a year, maybe two years, but it's usually in that third to fourth year where you start to see maybe some movement, maybe some, eh, you know, maybe it's not going to happen for me here. Um, maybe it's time to move on. Uh, some guys that you could potentially see, we'll see. I'm, I'm going to leave the quarterbacks out of this equation, Tim, just because I'm not sure that there'll be movement after the spring. It may be uh, after the fall, but um, we'll have to see with that. And uh, we'll kind of see how spring plays out. I'm interested, to, very interested to see kind of how things play out um, in the uh, in the spring with the quarterback position. But I'll, I'll say um, maybe not there. I would probably say after spring ball, before summer practice, three and a half, that's a really good number. I am going to take the under on that. I'm going to take the under on that just because I still think guys will go in and come out of the spring thinking they have a chance in the summer. I think if there's attrition, it may be heavy after next season. Uh, once the the new, once the freshmen get in here for this 22 class, and then guys kind of see where they're at in the fall. Uh, but I, you know, and I hesitate to throw these names out here, but guys that I think have you know been here for a couple of years and now are trying to figure out where they fit in. Guys like Reggie Bracy, uh, Sebastian Castro. Uh, Jay Higgins, you're um, going down the list here, uh, Justin Britt. Um, now, I think all these guys have potential to crack through the lineup this year. That's why I'm not so sure that uh, we could see them leave after spring, but there's a possibility that two or three of these guys could leave. Deontay Vines, uh, Chris Reams is a guy, A.J. Lawson, maybe one of the running backs, Brendan Dees Fernandez. Um, you know, those are some guys that I'm thinking of, maybe some guys along the, the defensive line, offensive line. You got Herkett and Josh Folk, um, you know, uh, Tyler Andrews. Those are some names that I think you kind of look at 
Uh, Elijah Yelverton is a guy uh, who hasn't been able to break through in Iowa. Um, and he's been injured too, but Iowa started, you know, looking for a tight end in the transfer portal, kind of connect the dots there. Um, these are just guys that, you know, potentially could look, um, look at moving on, but they could all stay too. Uh, but you get to that point, maybe three or four years, especially now where you can transfer and not have to sit out. You can play right away at your next school uh, with the rule change. I think guys are more, um, what's the point I'm looking for? More apt to go in, um, but that doesn't mean they'll stay in. And there's a lot of guys in the transfer portal right now. So it'll be interesting to see kind of moving forward if guys get kind of spooked about going in there, if they know they have friends or they just look at the transfer portal. Um, I think a lot of this stuff, and, and, you know, obviously it's illegal, but I think a lot of this stuff happens behind closed doors where a guy says, uh, you know, um, I'm thinking about going in the transfer portal. Are you interested before going in there? So, cause we see a lot of guys get scooped up out of the transfer really quick um, before there's really room to recruit them. So it's kind of where things at are at there. Those are some guys that I think you can keep an eye on Tim, but uh, it's a good question. I'll be interested to see, but I will take the under at three, but I think three and a half is a really, really good number. Uh, well done on that. Uh, Jake Markham at J Markham, 1337. What did you think of the basketball lineup change? Does Iowa have a big man coming in next year? Virginia winning was big for the Hawks last night. Also this MLB lockout BS better and soon baseball already struggles with younger generation. And this doesn't help. Definitely agree on that latter point. I touched on that earlier. Uh, it's disappointing. Um, I saw some report yesterday where they're not testing for steroids either. They're just a PR nightmare, MLB. And uh, Manfred's an idiot. Um, man, maybe he's not an idiot because he makes a lot of money uh, and he carries the owner's water. But um, as a commissioner, he's just, I think he's been terrible. But um, hopefully they figure out, hopefully both sides realize that they're throwing money away and coming up with a deal shouldn't be that hard, uh, but we'll see. The players want some things that the owners don't want to budge in, you know, sooner arbitration and getting more for younger players, uh, but we'll see. We'll see where that goes. The Virginia win was big last night. I was surprised they won. I really was. The big three there with the second and a half, and what was it, 1.1 left on the clock. Um, that was a big win that helps Iowa. Um, if Virginia, Virginia, I think is nine and five now with a win at Duke. So it's who you play and who you beat and who they play and who they beat. So that was an excellent win for Virginia and should help Iowa. Um, I saw Jordan Bohannon tweet before that game last night that he was a big Virginia fan. So they get it. They understand. They know what needs to happen here uh, to get themselves in the tournament. We talked about earlier getting to 10 and 10 in the league, I think is imperative. Uh, nine and 11. Potentially, if you can go on a run in the Big Ten tournament, but I would not want to. I would not want to uh, put put myself in that position. And I really think Iowa needs to get to ten wins before that last game at Illinois. You do not want to go to Illinois on Senior Day. Um, I think Trent Frazier is one of the seniors. That'll be an emotional time for Illinois. Illinois could be going for a Big Ten title at that point. You get to ten and nine going to Illinois for the last game of the season. You just go for it. You know, nothing to lose. If you if you end up losing that game, you're still 10 and 10. Really think Iowa needs to get to where well, they had six wins now. 
need to win, um, what would that be, four of its next seven, I think, which is doable. So um, is that right? I can't. I'm not. I'm terrible at math. So that's that part. The basketball lineup change. Uh, well, I'll go. I'm going back to forward here. Does Iowa have a big man coming in next year? Not as of now. The two guys coming in are DeSante Bowen, a point guard from out east, and Josh Dix um, from Council Bluffs, Abe Lincoln, who broke his leg recently and probably will be hard pressed to get back by next season. Um, most likely a red shirt there. So that could change recruiting here in the spring and summer. Maybe Iowa adds somebody there. Maybe Iowa gets somebody in the transfer portal again, but uh, I think they're going to try to continue to develop Riley Mulvey and Josh Agundale, and they'll have Rebracha back again next year. So um, could add, add a big um, certainly would not hurt, uh, but I don't think it's something that's uh, at the top of the list right now. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Rosters are very fluid in terms of the basketball change in a lineup. And I, I know I've got somebody, maybe it's you, Jake asking about, uh, no, it isn't. It's Justin, but um, talking about the lineup change, I, I wasn't surprised because I kind of heard that that's the way they were going to go. And I kind of, and I, I've been watching Bohannon playing more point guard and Fran seems to be comfortable with Jordan at point guard. Uh, the, 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 the problem with it is, is on the defensive end, the guys are, I mean, they play Maryland on, uh, on Thursday and Fats Russell, if he sees Bohannon on him, he's going to go right around him. Um, you know, Iowa can certainly help, but once you lose the ball, everything else kind of breaks down. So that's going to be, uh, that's going to be important. That certainly will be important, uh, in terms of how they handle it on the defensive end. Surprised Deshaun only played played uh, played six minutes. So um, I thought the the uh, I thought the lineup change might get Chris Murray in the lineup, but Chris did not have a good game the other day. Um, you know, it seems like Ulis and Bohannon are kind of sucking up or playing a lot of the minutes at point guard, and uh, you know it's tough to play three point guards like it's tough to play three running backs. So kind of see where they go from there. Um, I didn't think the lineup changes were anything that really. Uh, impacted the game a whole lot the other day. Um, uh, you know, you're still getting a lot of production, obviously, from Keegan and Patrick. Um, and I think that's going to continue. It's going to be where is the other production coming from with the rest of the lineup? And we'll kind of see from there, um, see if France sticks with this. Uh, because teams will adjust. I mean, you, you, you put Perkins in, and, and Tony did okay the other day, but he just seems to have hit kind of a wall. You kind of need him to break through that wall and be that explosive too. Um, And he's just not there yet. And granted, you know, this is only his second year um, and he didn't play a lot last year. So some of those growing pains can be expected, Um, but Fran may need to continue to push the buttons and figure out what is going to be his best lineup snipe tonight. So kind of where I am on that. And then leading into, uh, thank you for that question, Jake. I really appreciate it. Justin. Uh, uh, leading into uh, the, 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 your question kind of leads into just, Justin Frerichs at JJF27's question. Stat don't, stats don't explain why Toussaint was demoted from number one point guard to number three. Of 10 playing the most, he's fourth in field goal percentage and free throw percentage, third in three-point percentage, first in assists and steals, 
while first in turnovers. He still has a assisted turnover ratio of two to one. He's not the problem with the offense. Um, I would tend to understand your point, Justin. Um, I don't necessarily see Joe being the issue with the offense. And to me, the bigger issue for Iowa is on the defensive end. Uh, and that's kind of been a pattern now for several years. Um, but Fran talked about, I think it was last week, uh, when asked kind of about what was happening with the offense being a little bit stagnant, he said it was ball movement. And I think he meant Joe's dribbling more than moving the ball. Um, and that was giving defenses a chance to better match up with Iowa when you're just dribbling the ball in a small area, you know, a small space, it's easier to keep an eye on where Keegan is and Patrick is. And when the ball's moving, which I think he feels better about ball movement when Bohannon is in there. And if you watch, it is better when Jordan is in there. The ball's moving side to side, which moves the defense, which frees Keegan up, makes it harder to double him, uh, makes it harder to keep know where Patrick is or Jordan moving can also get him open for threes. He's got to hit some more of those. But I think that's where the issue is with Fran uh, in terms of Joe Toussaint. It's ball movement. Joe has a tendency to dribble the ball. And if you notice the other day, he was more cognizant of moving the ball. Um, and I think that's kind of the hurdle that he needs to get over. Um, statistics do tell part of the story, but so does I, so do eyes, uh, and kind of what you want from your team and what you want it to look like. And I don't think Fran was happy with what it looked like on offense. Um, and Keegan's production had fallen off a little bit. And I think Fran was looking at that as a ball movement issue. Um, so that's kind of where, uh, the change came about there. That's what I think. Uh, hopefully Joe Toussaint can kind of rectify and do what the coaches ask of him, uh, dribble a little bit less, move the ball a little bit more, um, and maybe that will get him more minutes. If you watch, Aaron Eulis is pretty good about moving the ball uh, and keeping it moving side to side, and that's really what Fran wants in his half-court offense. I don't think it has anything to do with Joe's defense or pushing the ball on the fast break. It's more half-court ball movement. So that's kind of what they're looking at there. I don't know as – um, I don't know is that's something that will change, uh, in terms of minutes, but I think it's a pretty fluid situation, uh, in terms of, uh, how Iowa moves forward. Uh, and I, I could see different lineups, uh, and different minutes game to game. So it's kind of where they are on that. Uh, wanted to thank systems unlimited another sponsor of the Hawk fanatic podcast. Uh, support comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of those services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. Thank you, Systems Unlimited, for sponsoring the podcast. Check them out. They do great work. Back in, Justin Ferks has another um has another uh, comment, I believe, or question. We'll check this out. Bohannon continues to be below average shooting and is probably the worst defender of the 10 who play the most against a bad and depleted Minnesota team playing at home 
He was below average, two for seven from three and just one assist. Shouldn't lock up a starting point guard spot, in my opinion. Kind of address that, uh, Justin, in the ball movement. That's what you're looking at. When you're watching Iowa basketball, when you watch them on Thursday against Maryland and again Sunday, watch the ball movement. And if Joe Toussaint can get in there and be better at moving the ball and dribbling less, you know, Joe has a tendency to stand out top and just kind of dribble around. And that's that just allows the def- half-court defense to rest. Fran wants motion. He wants movement. Um, whether it be ball screen action or, um, you know, just moving without the basketball, without the screens, however you want to frame it, uh, however, whatever set they're in, he wants ball movement. And that just hasn't been there. And I think that's kind of, I don't know how long they had been um, on Joe Toussaint to improve that area of his game. Um, But my guess is it wasn't, Hey, Joe, you're not moving the ball. You're out. I think it was something they probably worked on in practice and they didn't see enough progress and they went to Bohannon to kind of shake things up. Um, but I wouldn't say that Joe's been put out to pasture and doesn't have the ability to uh, regain some of his minutes, all of his minutes, if he can play better. Um, Fran is going to play the guys that do what he wants and are effective in there. I agree with you. Jordan Bohannon is off, but I've said this on this podcast before. Fran has a, uh, you know, memories in his memory bank of Jordan Bohannon being an effective Big Ten basketball player. And he's got that in his head. So he, maybe Jordan is two for seven in a game. Fran thinks the next game Jordan will be, you know, five for eight from three. And then it justifies him playing. Um, But at some point you have to, look at it and say, hey, he's not out of this funk. He's not out of this slump. I've got to try somebody else. So I think it's a fluid situation. I think beyond the the front court, and I think you're going to obviously, when Keegan and Patrick aren't in foul trouble, they're going to play a lot of minutes. I think Abracha's got to play a lot of minutes. But I think that rotation in the backcourt is very fluid. And I think it's a game-to-game thing. And I think it's a matchup-driven uh, decision. So – We'll kind of see where it goes from there. It was one game on Sunday. I, I don't want to just, you know, lock us into that uh, sample and not be able to look at what's going to happen forward here. Just because Joe played six minutes on Sunday doesn't mean he's a six-minute-a-game guy now. Now, if that happens on Thursday and Sunday where he's playing five to eight minutes, then, yeah, then a change has certainly been made. But I don't see guys that are on, you know, that playing in the backcourt on Sunday, uh, I don't think any of those guys locked up minutes based on that performance. So it's fluid moving forward. We'll see where it goes. Uh, Justin Ferks uh, at JJF27 wraps up with, I like Fran, but I think he's unfairly making Joe Toussaint the scapegoat of the team. I think JT should be playing more and Bohannon should be playing less. Love J-Bo, but he's been a shell of himself this year and it seems to be everyone's fault but his. Yeah, I don't know about that. I haven't gotten that vibe from from Jordan um, that he's blaming other people. Uh, maybe I've missed it, but um, and I know it can be frustrating when he's not playing well to have him out there. But again, I go back to Fran's memory bank and experience with Jordan helping him win basketball games, and I think that's where he's at now. And it's not like the guys that are playing with him 
uh, or in place of him, the backboard have a backcourt have taken the ball and run with it, so to speak. Um, so, you know, it's, I think Fran is still trying to put this puzzle together. And unfortunately for Iowa and unfortunately for Fran, there hasn't been consistency in Iowa's backcourt. And that's a reason why Iowa is five and six in the big 10 right now, inconsistent play from the backcourt. Um, the frontcourt, I mean, you obviously miss Luca and Joe Wieskamp, but, uh, you know, Patrick and, uh, and Keegan have certainly filled in admirably for those two. Um, so you really haven't lost a lot there. You've lost something with CJ Frederick, and then they're just, you're looking at development of some of the younger guards, and it probably hasn't come along. I mean, we're February 8th now, and we're still wondering when we're going to get consistency from Iowa's backcourt, uh, and it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe it, maybe that light goes on. Maybe it happens Thursday or Sunday or sometime this week, but it's got to happen for this team to reach its potential. So cert- certainly wouldn't disagree. And watching Bohannon get broken down on defense is certainly frustrating. Um, and I don't think that changes a whole lot. Um, but Fran is an offensive coach, and he wants consistency on that end of the floor. And he's not seeing it from the other guards. And that's why Bohannon continues to play a lot of minutes. So um, if somebody can take those minutes away from Jordan, um, I think Fran's open to that, but we just haven't seen it yet. So appreciate it, Justin. Thanks for checking in, being part of the Mailbag podcast. Kevin Melker uh, at kmelker 91 on Twitter. Thoughts on the passing of Mac McCausland? Stunned, really, when I heard it yesterday, Kevin. Um, I've listened to Mac, I believe, last week on Todd Brommelkamp's show uh, out of Cedar Rapids, um, KGYM. He was the basketball expert at 530 uh, on Mondays uh, on that show and wrote for Voice of the Hawkeyes for a lot of years. I have had a lot of conversations with Mac through the years about basketball, just about life. Uh, He's a big football fan. Uh, food. (laughs) Matt could pretty much talk about anything. The one thing I will say, he was just a sweet guy. He was just a really good dude. Um, Always smiling, always in a good mood, never saw him down. Uh, Love life. Um, And it's, it's sad when, when, when somebody passes away that really loved life to the fullest. And Mac was that guy who was living out in Vegas. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about his affinity for chips and salsa. That was his go-to snack when he was watching sports. Uh, great basketball mind. Knew the game inside and out. Loved talking about it with him and asking him questions uh, about his opinions on, on the Hawkeyes and beyond in the Big Ten. Uh, he was very in tune with what was going on in the league. Um, and with, with the Hawkeyes, obviously, always had good opinions, very very knowledgeable about Iowa state you and I and Drake very close with the in-state basketball and the basketball in this region and then beyond. And uh, Mac was always fun to listen to, enjoyed his segments on uh, KGYM. Uh, When I first got here back in 97, he was still doing TV with Larry Morgan. Those games were on channel two here locally in Iowa city. Um, before they switched over to, uh, I think, I think those were through ESPN on channel two, but I'm not, don't quote me on that. And then Mac did some other basketball throughout the years on TV beyond Iowa. Um, but really was, a, was a good broadcaster, uh, never was about himself, never made it about himself. 
had fun doing it and uh, kind of what he portrayed or, or how he came across on his television broadcast was that was who he was. He was uh, really genuine and a good guy and a sweet guy. And I certainly will miss him. It's sad. Uh, it's been sad. Um, Skyler Moss, former Iowa baseball player uh, who played baseball at City High amongst other sports. Uh, when I first got here in the late 90s, covered him at City High and then with Iowa baseball, uh, he lost his battle uh, with cancer and boy, did he battle for two years. Um, and he passed away over the weekend as well. So lost two really uh, great Hawkeyes. Skyler was a was a really big Iowa sports fan. And, uh, you know, thinking of him and his family and Kent McCausland and the McCausland family and just a sad, sad weekend. And uh, it seems like this stuff hits a, a little bit harder since COVID hit um, these losses. And, uh, you know, I don't these weren't COVID related uh, deaths just kind of been a little bit more emotional, I think, with the pandemic. Uh, but may those guys rest in peace. Uh, enjoyed talking with both of them. Hadn't talked to Skyler in a while, but uh, interacted with him on social media here and there. And uh, can't remember the last time I talked to Matt Mac. Last time uh, was at a basketball game. I'm sure just doesn't pop into my mind. But uh, great loss for the uh, Iowa Hawkeye community. And uh, we'll hope those guys. Uh, rest in peace and have fun up there with uh, other former Hawks uh, that have gone on. So appreciate you asking that, Kevin. Uh, check the uh, check the queue one more time here just to make sure I didn't miss anything because sometimes people don't use the hashtag. Like Mel David did not use the hashtag. Uh, what is wrong with and when will Gabby Marshall and Kenna, Kenna Warnock be Back playing, everybody knows Clark is great, but the team needs Marshall and Warner, and Clark can't win games alone, especially against Michigan. Um, I do not have an update on those guys. I don't think um, don't think Lisa's had a press conference yet this week, and she may have had one this morning that uh, I missed because of podcasting. But uh, I will uh, I will tweet out any updates on that. Mel, uh, they both Warnock. Uh, hurt her wrist or hand, I believe. Uh, and I saw her, they were both in slings, if I remember correctly, watching them uh, on the bench against Wisconsin and Michigan the other day. I don't know if their return is imminent, but agree with you. Um, it's uh, it, it's uh, imperative that they get those guys back. Um, and uh, should be a win tomorrow night against Minnesota, but it's tough when you're only playing seven in this league, especially with how physical it is. So uh, I think arm injuries, upper body injuries for both of them. Um, uh, so not, not sure, Mel, but I will tweet out any updates I get on that. Uh, e at NBA underscore fan 2014 on Twitter. It's been a while. E, thanks for checking in. Do you think the men's basketball team has a good chance of getting into March Madness or not? What do you think is the most difficult upcoming game for them and why? I think the most difficult upcoming games are at Ohio State, at Illinois, at Michigan. Road games against quality teams in this league. I don't think Maryland's a layup on Thursday. Maryland plays well at home uh, and is a tough matchup for Iowa. They're big and athletic. They've got big guys that, uh, you know, Iowa struggles with rebounding at times. So that will be – that's certainly the tougher game. If they lose to Nebraska at home on Sunday, that's just a terrible loss. Nebraska, I think, is – 
0-12 in the league right now. They've played some teams tough, but that's a game you have to have at home. Should sweep Nebraska, you would think. Hopefully get Northwestern at home. That's three. You get Maryland on, uh, on this week as well. Uh, and that gives you ten, that gives you nine wins. Then you've got to you've got to beat Michigan State, Michigan at one of those two teams at home, um, or get um, Michigan or Ohio State or no, yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois on the road, uh, maybe steal one of those. But uh, however you slice it, they've got to get to ten wins. E, um, and that's going to be kind of the. Um, I think that's the benchmark. That's where the bar is set. Get to 10 and 10 in the league, put you at, I believe, 20 and 11 overall, uh, win a game in the Big Ten tournament um, against, you know, a like a like uh, team with a like record, similar record. Um, get That gets you and then play decent against one of the higher seeds, and I think that gets you in. So certainly right on the bubble right now. Um, but uh, – Thank you for the question, E. I appreciate it. Um, and that looks like it. And if I did not answer your question or get to your question uh, this week, that probably means that you are muted on here or blocked and probably with good reason. So um, <laughs> that's kind of where I am on that. So I think I got everybody in here. Appreciate all the questions. Appreciate our sponsors, Wild Rose Casino and Systems Unlimited. Uh, and other sponsors you can check out on the website. Edward Jones, also a sponsor of the podcast. Appreciate one and all, and thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Take care. Oh, man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we got to do it all again. Uh... No way, because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton.